This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Tuesday, March 1st, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo, joined by National Recruiting Analyst Andrew Ivins to break down some SEC storylines as we head into the spring. Andrew, before we get going, I wanted to ask you, how are you doing and, and how are you kicking off this quiet period? Oh, uh, you know, just get, gearing up for a busy month, you know. <laughs> they use the terms quiet and dead and all that stuff, but it's it's 365, you know, 24-7, this world of recruiting and we're going to see guys hitting the road. I know prospects are visiting schools on Tuesday. Uh, I had one prospect tell me that he's going to be at Georgia at 5.30 a.m. Uh, I think on Wednesday or Thursday to watch the Bulldogs work out. So uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. I'm just gearing up for it. I'm always curious who's going to start something fresh, right? Who's going to do something new? Uh, who's going to be innovative? Who's going to be out in the in, in kind of the, that uncharted territory in terms of recruiting events or how they get creative with drawing prospects on campus? Last year, we saw Florida State, for instance, do that midnight madness, right? And, and where they had recruits walking in at the stroke of midnight and welcoming them in into the facility. And, and obviously, with the name, image, and likeness being on the forefront of everyone's mind uh, and a lot of the, the branding stuff, I'm really curious who has something up their sleeve a lot of a lot of there's been a lot of movement obviously in coaching circles and and i think a lot of coaches are trying to figure out what they can do what they can't do uh so that's going to be interesting to watch we you and i might have to get on this podcast here soon and, and maybe break down some trends or or some or or some interesting events that that coaches are putting on together but let's let's kick off our sec storylines this is a continuing series as we look ahead to the 2023 class heading into the spring one of the first storylines, obviously one of the biggest storylines last year was Texas A&M uh, with their historic class, the best recruiting class ever. And when you look up and down that that commit list, it, it was star-studded, a number of five-star prospects. Jimbo Fisher and, and that staff did a tremendous job of, of just being able to close in and win some in, increasingly difficult battles. Uh, they shored up the defensive line. And, and now I think the storyline heading into this spring is, can anyone them down it's you know it, it can anyone go and and take that crown from a&m well, if I'm handicapping this thing, I, I I would say that the odds of Texas A&M repeating with the number one recruiting class or that uh, the, the top crown are probably aren't all that high. And the reason being is the Aggies had a ton of counters and space to work with uh, last cycle. That doesn't seem to be the case here in, in 2023. Right now, they're number 10 nationally, number three in the SEC uh, on the 24-7 sports composite with four guys committed. I mean, they have some talented kids in the boat. Uh, they got their quarterback in E. 
Eli Holstein, who I know our scouts, uh, Gabe Brooks and Cooper and, and Chris are all, are all very high on. But I just don't know if there's enough ammo out there, if they have enough space. So I wouldn't be surprised if things swing back over to Alabama or Georgia sitting in that top pole position. I mean, remember when Texas A&M broke through in that 2022 cycle, that was the first time since 2010 that it wasn't the Crimson Tide or the Bulldogs finishing number one in the rankings. So uh, I think Jimbo Fisher and and his staff, they're going to sign a good class. It sounds like you know, they're still trying to figure out who exactly they want to go on, but I don't think they're going to be able to top or really even repeat what they did in that 2022 cycle. Yeah. And I think, I mean, keep in mind to an extent, I think a and is going to be recruiting against what they just did, right? Like if you're a defensive lineman in the 2023 class and you're looking at A&M as a, as a, as a serious option and you look at Walter Nolan there, and Eni White and, you know, the Shamar Stewart's and the Anthony Lucas. And you're like, okay, when am I, when am I going to see the field if I make it to college station? That, that's, I think the one negative about loading up in a recruiting cycle is that then you become very easy to recruit against. On the flip side, though, if I'm a defensive back and I know those guys are in front of me, they'll have a year of uh, season uh, seasoning on them. I would absolutely be signing up. That sounds like a, a position where you can get a, create a lot of takeaways in that back end just with that uh, that group up front. Yeah, I spoke to five-star linebacker Anthony Hill. He's an in-state product from Denton, Texas, and, and that's something that he mentioned. You know, He said, he's like, look at the guys up front. They're going to be taking up a lot of blocks. It's going to free up some space for me to make some plays, so that's definitely uh, an intriguing thing. Let's move on to our next storyline, Andrew, and, and that would be the impact of Georgia's new staff members. They had to replace, obviously, their defensive coordinator, Dan Landing, who took the head coaching job at Oregon, and you know, to an extent, if you're Georgia and you just come off a, a national championship, it's going to be a little easier to recruit. You just mentioned a, a, a recruit trying to knock down the doors at five in the morning to watch them work out. Um, but you know, I, I think there is a, a bit of a, of an energy change, right? There, every new staff uh, or every kind of iteration of a staff, despite the fact that Kirby Smart is still there, will have a different recruiting energy. And I'm really curious what that energy is going to look like for Georgia. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of wild. They win the national title and then everyone kind of bolts and goes elsewhere. But we've seen this the past couple of years at, at Alabama. You know, Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, he, he held on to his guys as long as he can or as long as he could. And then they eventually went for other jobs. Uh, not surprising to see some movement in Athens, but I think this has been a lot. I mean, there's a lot of different guys that, that are gone. Defensive back coach, you know, D-line coach. You mentioned the defensive coordinator. I think Matt Luke, the offensive line coach, uh, uh, stepping down. That was a big one. I, I was at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta over the weekend. Tons of talented, highly ranked offensive line prospects there. And pretty much every one of them was saying they want to see who Kirby Smart uh, tabs a, as Matt Luke's replacement. It, it's since been reported that it looks like it's going to be Stacy Searles, uh, who was North Carolina's offensive line coach. Previously worked at Miami. I was covering Miami when he was there. You know, he, he's a good coach. I thought he struggled a, as a recruiter to recruit to Coral Gables, but Coral Gables is a lot different than Athens. So we'll see. I, I think one coach that that's already on that UGA staff that's not being talked about enough is Todd Hartley, uh, uh, the tight ends coach. You know, I, I know some other schools kind of kick the tires on him, try to get him to jump ship. And I, in my opinion, he's one of the best you know, tight end evaluators, tight end coaches out there right now. So I don't think that's been addressed enough. And then, you know, just going down the list of the new guys they brought in, uh, Brian McClendon, who was at Oregon, go 
goes to Miami uh, and then ends up at Georgia. Lots and lots of kids like him. Uh, Brandon Ennis, the number one wide receiver recruit in the country. I mean, he, he loves BMAC. Hakeem Williams, another South Florida kid, uh, does as well. Fran Brown, I mean, he's been described as a, a rising star in the industry. I mean, I, I totally forgot. He was at, at Baylor with Matt Rule and kind of really assembled that that roster. Uh, and then he was at Rutgers and got like five or six top 247 kids to sign with the Scarlet Knights, which I always think is impressive. I think he's going to do good work. You know, I, I don't know where they're going to put him yet in terms of what his recru- recruiting area will be. Uh, but it seems like Kirby has mixed, you know, some veteran coaches, uh, but he's also he's shot some some new up in, up and comers. Uh, Derby, the, the, the new defensive line coach, he comes over from TCU. I've had a ton of kids uh, mention his name over the past weeks when I've been interviewing him. So uh, I'm excited about this staff. It seems like a lot of guys that are, that are hungry want to prove themselves and a lot of guys that can recruit. Georgia, number three right now in the composite team recruiting rankings for the 2023 class. It is very early, but we expect the Bulldogs to continue to push for a top three class. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We're going to continue our discussion on these SEC storylines after the break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear money. Happy birthday to you. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am joined by Andrew Ivins, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. And also, I-, I wanted to ask you, Andrew, before we do get on to the next SEC storylines, you're uh, stationed there in Florida. I'm sure you saw the Florida State head coaches or the, the coaching staff with the happy birthday to Kamani McLean. Uh, wh- what were your thoughts on that? Uh, that was, I mean, a very interesting recruiting tactic there to get the whole group together and, and, and you know, kind of show off the vocal cords. Uh, I mean, I saw, I, I remember Miami did this a few cycles ago, maybe back in the 2018 cycle, they made a birthday cake. I think it was for Josh Job, who was at Alabama. So the point is, it didn't really <laughs> didn't really work out. So I mean, I I I don't know. It's it's whatever to me. I think I I am waiting for the recruit to say, "Hey, every coaching staff, send me a birthday greeting with you know either a, a talent show or, or a song or something." And uh, you know the the best ones make my top five. You know, I, I think I think we're headed there, Andrew. It's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's move on to our next storyline topic, and that would be the new additions of of kind of some big-name coaches that are trying to get their footing in the SEC. That would be Billy Napier at Florida and Brian Kelly at LSU. We've seen them now for a couple months. We've seen what they've been able to kind of
kind of do and how they've been able to navigate the process. They get now their shot at their first true recruiting class in the 2023 recruiting cycle. What do you think of of the kind of their first impressions and and what are you looking for in terms of what they're going to try to get done here as we kick off the month of March? Well, you know, plenty, much has been written and discussed about the size of Billy Napier's staff. And it's just impressive. And we're starting to see it pay off kind of on the recruiting front. You know, Jamar Chaney is an analyst for him. He came over from Mississippi State. I've heard Jamar's name come up uh, more than probably any other coach in the country, you know, over the past few weeks. Uh, He he just does a good job of connecting with kids um, and a lot of, uh, of the top kids in not only Florida, but also Georgia seemed to like him. So I think he's done a good job. And the other thing is, I think the way Napier has assembled his staff is, is, is pretty interesting. And I'm talking about the on-field coaches. You know, he's got two offensive line coaches. We really haven't seen any of Florida's big three try to do that. Um, and it, it's almost, you know, why haven't we? Like that is the one kind of Achilles heel for these these three programs being Florida, Florida State, and Miami. I mean, offensive line play has been just so bad over the years and ha- has held some of these programs back. So Napier's seems to think the solution is, is having two full-time assistants devoted to the offensive line. I think some of these linemen in state and, and surrounding areas are going, hey, you know, this makes a ton of sense. Why not go and learn and get coached up by those guys? And, and, and the other thing is uh, defensive coordinator Sean Spencer, you know, most kids don't call him Sean Spencer because they call him by his nickname, Coach Chaos. I, and he came from the NFL and I think a lot of kids like that, they think if uh, they learn from him, he knows what it takes to get them on Sunday. So I, I've been impressed with Napier's staff, you know, right now they only got one kid committed they're sitting number 42 in the rankings but i expect them to push for a a top 25 and maybe even a top 15 class uh when it's all said and done yeah i I think it is uh going to be very interesting to see you know what what the the feedback is from that fan base because they were uh obviously in their own you know kind of regard and and i guess uh very self-warranted is you know demanding that you know the previous staff was pushing harder and i I don't think we're going to be able to knock the effort or or kind of the approach by by this new staff and you know obviously brian kelly as well doing you know kind of the the same thing in terms of being able to stabilize a program that was you know dealing with a lot of things off the field with that orgeron uh there was obviously a lot of uncertainty that that staff previously was recruiting against on the trail. Uh, but now that there's some stability, there's some clarity, and there's a direction, uh, I, I do think that LSU can make a push again to, to be in that top three uh, or even push for a, for a number one class, just depending on how they look on the field as we head into the season. Number four, Andrew, and that would be Arkansas already kicking off the 2023 recruiting cycle in, in a good way. They're number two right now in the recruiting rankings after signing a top 30 class in 2022. They've got three four-star prospects, six three-stars. So, you know, not, not a lot of of quality in terms of getting the the big name players, but it, it obviously signals that this staff has been very aggressive in trying to lock in commitments early on. Yeah, you know, I, I think if you went into your local bar and, and told someone that Arkansas was sitting number two nationally in the recruiting rankings, they, they'd probably do a double take. I mean, I, I did a double take when I pulled up the, the rankings, but I think this this makes sense what, what Sam Pittman and, and his staff are trying to do. Look, they just went nine and four, and I think you got to capitalize that. They're obviously in the, the uber competitive SEC West, but looking ahead to who they play here in, in 2022, uh, they got non-conference games against Cincinnati and B. 
BYU. They also play Liberty, and you know that's that's three pretty tough uh, opponents. So I think you gotta you know get guys committed now and, and then try to hold on to them. Uh, so and I'll add this with Arkansas. You know I, they also have are in it for some more blue chip recruits. Like I think this group can only get even better before that season starts. You know Cedric Baxter, arguably my favorite running back in the class of 2023. He's visiting a ton of schools uh, in the coming weeks. The, the outlier is kind of Arkansas, and he's already been there before. I actually think he, uh, he's he been there multiple times. Kaden McDonald, a, a top 247 defensive lineman out of Georgia. He's going to visit there on March on his birthday. He was all fired up when I was talking about him. So uh, I think Sam Pittman and his staff are, are really you know trying to sell what they're building, and it's worked. You mentioned it. they got all these kids in the boat. Uh, I think they're going to try to get some more, and then it's going to come down to uh, seeing if they can hold on to it, depending on how uh, this this upcoming season goes. A prospect visiting a campus on his birthday. Sam Pittman, I have an idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I hope something happens there. We'll, we'll be keeping an eye out. Number five, Andrew, the final storyline. And obviously, there's a ton of storylines. These are the ones that, that I think we are really focused in on here as we head into the spring. But that, that would be Auburn and obviously the the status of Coach Brian Harson. A lot of turmoil there. A, a lot of question marks about the future of that program, especially with him in charge at the helm. Um, and, and, you know, I think from a recruiting standpoint, what strikes me the most is not the greatest 2022 cycle. Haven't really been that recruiting power that we've been used to once Harson arrived from Boise State. Can they now turn up the heat? Can they be a little bit more urgent? Can they realize, okay, we need to change things around, not only on the field, but also in talent acquisition. Can this staff be able to, when you know, kind of their backs are up against the wall, uh, really raise the heat? Well, the deck's certainly stacked against them. I know. I think this is will be super interesting to watch. I mean, as soon as Harson it was announced he was coming back, one of my really good buddies played for Auburn. A guy goes to my gym, and I'm like, man, how are they going to recruit? How are they going to get kids to Auburn? How are you going to go sit in a living room and tell a parent, hey, I will absolutely be there for not only the next year but next two or three years? So it's 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 a difficult situation. Uh, but you know, I don't think Brian Harson has like tossed in uh, or waved the white flag in his waiting for his buyout. You know, he was at the Under Armour All-American camp uh, on Sunday. He's got a son that was was with the quarterback group. And if you have a kid there, NCAA rules allow you to come and watch. Uh, and I, I've been doing watch in parentheses because he's also had a roster and was pretty much scouting what was going on uh, at, at elsewhere in the camp. And, you know, Harson was wearing an Auburn hat. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I, I was a bit surprised by that. I mean, I, I if I was him and I went got drugged through the media like that, I think I would have been a I don't know. It would have left a, a bad taste in my mouth. But he was there, you know, representing Auburn, and you know, I think they're going to try. What, what ultimately, I think the Auburn twenty twenty three class is going to come down to is, is going to be evaluations. They're going to have to make some really, really good evaluations, um, and, and they're going to have to find guys that maybe some other schools aren't aren't really ready to go on. Uh, you know, I, I was reading this Keith Niebuhr, uh, our Auburn insider. He he wrote something the other day about how he thinks Georgia's going to be big for the Tigers. I think the state of Florida is going to be really big for Auburn. Rock Bell and Tony, he was just uh, announced as a, a special teams coach there. He's got deep ties to South Florida. And Auburn has put out some good offers in my eyes down in Florida over the past few weeks. Isaiah Nixon, a, a you know up and coming pass rusher out of St. Petersburg, 
uh, William Foles, a, a wide receiver out of the Miami Dade area. You know, I think if you could get those guys, that's going to help. Uh, maybe one of them can a- exceed expectations and play early in, in 2023. And then let's not forget, this is a historically good cycle in the state of Alabama. Like this is the deepest it's been in recent memory. And yes, Alabama is going to get what Alabama wants. You know, some of these other schools are going to come in there and get the top dog, but they can't sign everyone. So I think if, if Auburn's able to put some wins together, uh, generate some excitement, Heck, they, they host Penn State, uh, you know, and, and as bad as things are, you know, that's going to be a sold out stadium and an awesome atmosphere. Get a win there. Maybe you can parlay that in, into some uh, some victories on the recruiting trail. So it's going to be hard, you know, but uh, I think there is a path to at least finding some guys that can make an impact uh, on your two deep. Down the road, I think it'd be really interesting to look to see how many prospects Auburn signed that attended that camp that Brian Harson was there because he was checking his roster because he he, for, he kept forgetting what his son's number was. I'm sure, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that'll be uh, very interesting to kind of monitor. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. A lot of SEC storylines to monitor heading into the spring, and and you can do so if you follow Andrew on Twitter at Andrew underscore Ivans. Andrew, thank you so much. Of course, man. All right, National Recruiting Analyst Andrew Ivins, I am Blair Angulo. For our producer, Lance Glenn, thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.